And with that, we are gardening. Oh. Good morning, Warwick. <laughs> Good morning, Judith. <laughs> How are Where's you today? Our music? Where's our, our garden? Oh, it's music? there. You might, yeah, I'm hearing it. You mightn't. <laughs> Good morning to you. Good How are Good things? Morning. It yeah. sounds like today is the day to get out into the garden, doesn't it? The weather yeah. seems to be changing you, from tomorrow. You were still cogitating there on the forecast that we had. Uh, yeah, it yeah. does. I know it's like... I found it incredibly mild when I came out of the house this Very morning mild, yeah. to the point where absolutely no jacket was required yeah. uh, to quote the old Phil Collins uh, album title but uh, yeah it is extraordinarily mild but it does seem like that is it's it, may, it may Paul, it come to an end at the, yeah, over the weekend it's a little bit colder but, but with that cold weather we're going to see the lovely autumn colours coming to the fore and even, even you can see it starting already the liquid ambers are beginning to change and the lovely Virginia creepers are just beginning to colour now so hopefully we'll get some really nice autumnal colour and, and um, that's really the green chlorophyll just breaking down in the plants and revealing the colours that are, are there anyway underneath so once the green pigment goes you get the, the lovely reds and autumnal colours and, and of course the colder the weather, weather the better the colour will be but it's fantastic weather um, for planting and particularly for climbing plants this is a really good time of year. We we always get inundated with um, questions and people querying about the, the lovely Virginia creeper in terms of planting and so on, because I suppose it's so visual mm. during the month of October and November. But, but September and early October are also great months for planting climbing plants because they tend to root really well over the winter period and then come into full growth um, really strongly then in the springtime. But there's a lovely climbing plant. I planted a couple of years ago um, up through ivy uh, and if anything it's growing actually too well. It's a lovely clematis called winter beauty Ooh. and it's a variety that's evergreen so it retains the leaf 12 months of the year. M- many of our clematis family are deciduous. It's quite vigorous so it's easy to grow ordinary garden soil but when, once it gets going it really really takes off. I mean it puts on probably seven or eight maybe up to ten feet of growth per year and it will scramble up through existing trees and shrubs or if you wanted a bit of colour say through a laurel hedge or maybe in my case I put it up through a, an ivy a, a very mature ivy on a garage wall a lovely variegated oil, ivy called gold heart so I wanted something with just a little bit extra colour and winter beauty comes into flower just after Christmas oh perfect and it's pure white and it creates these little bells they're like they're little pure white bells on the plant. It's absolutely a very, very pretty plant and stays in flower possibly up to the end of February, early March, that sort of period. So flowering just after Christmas and then right up for about two months and these lovely nodding, um, you know, little kind of uh, nodding pure white flowers. So Clematis Winter Beauty, look for that one. It's evergreen, so retains Mm -hmm. the foliage 12 months a year and then flowers, as the name suggests, through the winter period. And it's one of those plants that when you see it in flower, you're, you're just attracted to it. Sounds fabulous. Because it's flowering at a time of year when very little... Well, there's nothing else going on, yeah. It's evergreen, so it's retaining its foliage. And then it's got these purple white nodding flowers. They're like little bells. Um, so it's a really nice variety, easy to grow. Um, I've had absolutely no problem with it in terms of pest disease or anything else. And... Um, a terrific little plant and one that you can plant at this time of year but all climbing plants the Virginia creepers can be planted now pyracantha which is beautiful at the moment with the lovely orange and red or white berries depending on the variety you choose there's a lovely one called orange glow which again has bright orange berries at this time of year and again is an evergreen wall plant and will cover a wall 8, 9, 10 feet again I'm a great believer in mixing climbers together so when you if you've got established climbers on your garden mm. why not introduce other other climbers through them the 
passion flower is also a nice one to plant this time of year. It's a very exotic type of flower, um, and, but does very well here in the west of Ireland. And um, early sensation is another evergreen clematis, which again is, is quite nice. Variegated ivies, of course, like gold child. So this is the time of year for planting climbers. So if you want to cover an old bare wall or just add a bit of colour, um, then ivies are tr- or, or climbers are terrific. Some are self-clinging, like climbing hydrangea, or the ivies will actually root onto the wall themselves. Others, like the Clematis Winter Beauty, will do need some support. Um, the Virginia creepers will generally, once you tack them onto the wall, they'll Don't. stick to the wall themselves with little suction pads and off they go. And really the maintenance is, is very minimal. Um, if they're flowering like Winter Beauty, you trim it back just after flowering. So I, I trim it back normally in early March. Yeah. And then it kicks into growth. And on that growth, then it flowers it'll flower this coming um, winter and spring um, and variegated plants, leaf plants, generally the best time to plant, to cut those back is mid to late summer. So ivies are generally trimmed back after the nesting season. So normally about the end of August, early September and they'll make a little bit of growth then before winter so they're not bare for the winter. So don't be tempted to cut them back now or later in the season because they look, they'll have that very bare, naked look for the, the winter period. So Climbers in particular, really good time to plant. And um, just to mention next week, you know that when we started COVID, um, one of the things that I did with my own team, we, we had this uh, thing r- running where it was kind of a sense of giving back and, and we got involved in lots of, of various tidy town communities this mm-hmm. year um, and lots of kind of um, samorial planting as well with uh, in, in Castlebar. Um, we've, but this, this coming weekend, this Saturday week, the 2nd of October, so next Saturday, uh, we're going to do a, a special metal here in Kilchamaw. Fantastic. Right, and the, the Tidy Towns in Kilchamaw have basically done some fantastic work there. I mean, go onto their Facebook page and see all the work they've been doing for the last 18 months, two years probably. But in particular, they're going to plant the old railway station. So right beside the railway station in Kilchamaw, there's the old signal box and the Tidy Downs have done a great job in repainting it, getting the old levers working. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in your day, the old Back in my day. Thank you for it, yes. But typical of of many railway stations, there's a big bank of soil. So we're going to plant that with a lot of plants that are going to give back to the environment, plants that are going to have a kind of a biodiversity element. Oh, so what what kind of things are we putting in? common garden shrubs like buddleias, ceanotus, hypericum, St. John's wort, um, so shrubs like uh, stilbays, um, lots of plants that were going to f- es- look aesthetically beautiful and cover the bank and give lots of colour, mm. but in particular give a lot of flower colour for pollen and nectar, but also some berries as well. Um, we're going to plant the bank at half ten next Saturday, the 2nd of October. I'm going to be there for the morning. We're looking for as many people to come along, bring their spade, put on some old shoes. We'll be there for about an hour. We have 450 plants to plant. <laughs> and I, I, I reckon if we get enough people, we'll plant them within the hour. You will, of course. So after next week's show, I'm going to pop down to Kilchamaw. I'll be at the railway station. If people can come along, um, I'll talk to them about the plants that we're going to plant. Yeah. And let them know and, and because they'll be able to take some of those ideas back for their own garden. I was going to say that, yeah, I'll absolutely. give them a couple of tips in terms of how to prepare plants before planting because I'm awful... Talk, chatting about cutting them back and all that sort of thing so I'll show them how to do that and I'll show people how to plant a plant 
Okay. Seems a simple thing. It, but I'd say in lots of cases, we don't always get it right and hence no. things fail. It can go down too deeply, mm. it can be left too high, whatever. So I'll show people how to plant and I'll get involved in the planting myself, but I'd like a little bit of help. <laughs> so we've 450 plants to plant with the tidy towns in Kilchamaw with the team. And uh, if people are knocking around next Saturday for about an hour, come down to the uh, signal box at the old railway station there. You, it's, it's on the Knock Road, yeah. if people know it. You'll see the tracks on the road, just there's plenty of parking there. And from half ten next Saturday, I'll remind people next Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, a nice mixture oh, it's of lovely. It's a really lovely idea, and I, I suspect we, you might have quite a gathering there. Yeah, it'd but be lovely just yeah. to... And again, it's, a, you know, it's something for people to give back, just to contribute an hour, and those plants are going to be there forever once it's done and the tidy towns have some great plans for the development of the railway line I mean there's, there's, it's very visionary what they're actually going to be doing in Kilchman and something I'd be very excited about and love to see the development uh, so my bit anyway is next Saturday uh, uh, half, at, 10, half 10 roughly about half 11 maybe 12 o'clock we'll be there planting our 450 plants okay so please do come along with do. your with your shovel and your old with shoes your, your old or, spade or shovel yeah. And uh, we'll get stuck in. Fantastic. And if you don't feel like planting, there'll be plenty of pots to pick up afterwards or there'll yeah. be plenty of other they'll little be, jobs be, to be yep. done. Uh, so everybody can contribute. Contribute. That, yeah. and, that, and that's what Mel is all about. Uh, that is such a wonderful uh, initiative. Well done to everybody. And I'm sure uh, the uh, benefits will be seen for many years to come. Mary would like to know the name of this plant. Only opens on a warm, sunny day, but stays in flower for months every year. Uh, so what have we got? So this is a lovely perennial plant called oxalis um, so it's often called oxalis or wood sorrel um, but it's got these leaves very similar to a shamrock leaf and the flowers as Mary says they're beautiful pink flower very low growing um, but they only open when the sun comes out when the weather gets above about 15 degrees celsius uh, the flowers actually open mm-hmm. so the flowers are clever to know that the bees ain't going to be out unless the temperatures are above a certain level and therefore the state closed. So there's no wasting of energy, <laughs> no isn't that? Yeah. Of energy. Yeah. So it's a lovely little plant, great ground covering plant, easy to grow. It does dis- disappear in the winter right. and then re-emerges as well. And there's a lovely variety, there's a lovely purple-leafed variety called Oxalis purpurea. Mary should look for that. It's got the same leaf colour as this, but it's deep purple and the flowers are a lighter shade of pink, nearly bordering on white. So a lovely little plant to grow perennial, easy to grow. It's one you can divide as well. You can lift it in late October or November, split it into a couple of pieces and transplant it into other areas. And it makes a fantastic ground covering plant. And you now, can see, yeah, you can see it's very low to the or quite it's low to the ground. Low. It's yeah. Only maybe eight inches, ten inches above soil level. It'll spread up to nearly a metre in diameter. Um it's a plant that I would again plant maybe some spring bulbs around because it's not really um it's it's it disappears for the winter so if you had some crocuses or maybe some dwarf daffodils planted close to this the oxalis would spread over them the crocus and snow, uh, snowdrops or, or dwarf daffodils would flower in the spring and then the oxalis would what? cover over that and it'd be a nice companion planting Brilliant. but a lovely little plant and very very easy to grow that's great oxalis oxalis, yeah. oxalis. N- now uh <clears throat> We've got a question. Can I take cuttings from begonias? I got a present of an unusual begonia recently. It's called Starshine. Is it okay to take cuttings from it, asks Tommy. Well, well, Starshine will still be in full flower and will remain in full flower till the end of October, Tommy. The answer is yes, you can. You can take cuttings and begonias will propagate from cuttings a bit like geraniums. To be honest, the, the best time to take them is actually in springtime. So you plant up the bulbs, you allow them to grow, and then you take cuttings that are four or six 
inches in length around the end of April, early May, they will root and they will actually flower that that summer. So if you take them next uh, late spring, early summer of next year. The other way you can propagate begonias is by division. So this particular begonia will produce a bulb, the big bulb at the base. So at the end of October, if Tommy lifts the tuber, drives it off, stores it well for the winter, maybe put a little bit of green sulphur mm. or yellow sulphur, uh, which is a fungicide, onto the bulb to, just to protect it. Wrap it up in newspaper and leave it inside in a garage for the winter period. Pot it up in the spring and as soon as it produces little buds, you can split it like a potato into two or three new pieces and propagate your begonia that way. So they propagate very readily from tuber, literally dividing the tubers, or from cuttings taken at the end of April, early May. Because if you take them now, the you the, the you have to overwinter them, so you have to keep them inside, protect it over the winter, like a geranium. So there's a lot of kind of work to it over the winter period. But you could try them this time of year as well. Okay. Now we have our, our weekly geranium question or a hydrangea question, rather. Uh, yes. <laughs> so this one, uh, we have a massive hydrangea in the centre of a garden. Now it is big, and you'll see the photograph there. Yeah. Um, and uh, wondering, uh, is it possible to cut it back? It's taking up such a lot of space. Would like to know what's the best thing to do with it and when is the right time asks Josie so there it's we go absolutely it covered is, in flowers it's stunning yeah. Uh, hydrangea yeah, yeah. but it's, it's probably standing six or seven feet in height and probably something similar in diameter it's a very old plant probably hasn't got too much pruning in the last number of years and hydrangeas these are the mop head hydrangeas um, you know unless you do some annual pruning with them they, they tend to get very large and, and very bulky and very woody as well so the, the two options here, what Josie can do, or is it, yeah, yep. what Josie can do with this one is um, cut it severely back in late February, early March. So back to two feet from ground level. The plant will kick into growth next summer, but you'll have no flowers next next season, just vegetative growth. So the plant will respond to the heavy pruning by producing lots of new wood new growth, mm-hmm. new wood. You'll get rid of all the old wood and you basically rejuvenate the plant. But in that year, it will put all the energy into producing stem growth, leafy growth. You'll have no flowers. Right. The following year, that's yeah. when the blooms will start to occur. So you can um, rejuvenate old hydrangea plants by pruning them in late February, early March, forsaking the flowers for one year to get them back into flower the second year. And then after that, manage them in a way that you're just pruning out the shoots that flower every year. They should be pruned out at the end of February, early March. So the old withered flowers, you follow them back and prune them out. And that just is a renewal pruning. It just keeps the plant nice and young on a continual basis. So you're not doing that heavy pruning. So if it was my hydrangea, that's what I would do. Leave it well enough alone now till next, late February, March of next year. Prune it severely, feed it well forsake the flowers for one year and it'll come back into bloom again. Okay, so it's a two-year project to get it, it back in, it ba- it, yeah. get it back in with, with shape. With the mop head. These are the old mop head. The, the traditional varieties. The traditional yeah. varieties. If any of the listeners have, you know, the, the Annabelle or Phantom or Bobo or the Paniculata family of hydrangeas, which are a different, I call them the 99 ice cream. Because yes, because they have that cone shape. cone shape flower. They can be heavily pruned, really severely pruned in November and they just regrow again. They're absolutely brilliant yeah. and highly recommend it. Okay, great stuff. Uh, so this one is a two-year project, it's a Josie. Two-year project, yeah. Josie. Yeah, but it's yeah. quite, it's quite, it's yeah. quite a specimen. I have to say, thanks for it sh- sharing it with plant. us. Now we've got uh, some apple trees here, Porik. From Beatrice, I need some advice about my sorry-looking apple trees. This year, I fed them and sprayed them with winter wash, and they never looked worse. Very oh. little fruit and small and cracked fruit. What can I do to improve them? Okay, 
So there are lots of blossoms, she says, and were fantastic the previous year. Okay, so, so, so first of all, the winter wash is a good idea. So we're coming into the time of year with apples where, first of all, you're, you're harvesting all the apples and taking them now as much as possible. And then once we get into November, we're back to the pruning of apple trees. So in November, it's about pruning them back. And this particular tree that Beatrice has, there's quite a lot of leggy growth on it. So I would be pruning back all the shoots by certainly 50% this coming winter. The ad- idea of the winter wash is a good idea to use it after pruning to get rid of any overwintering eggs. So aphid eggs and, and any overwintering pupa will be on the trees. And if you apply the winter wash, it cleanses the tree. Coming into the spring then, as we come into March, you need to feed the apple trees, feed them with a high potash feed, something like a rose feed, normally about once a month. And then you need to use a, um, something like rose clear or rose rescue on the foliage and the the, plant, the tree itself when it's out of flower to keep it free from any pests and diseases. So there is a little bit, you treat apple trees very similar to rose bushes okay. in terms of we prune them in the okay. winter and then as we feed them in the spring, we feed them once a month up to a certain June with a high potash feed. And you also then need to put on a little bit of treatment. You'll also find in a year that you get an apple tree that produces a lot of fruit. So I have a coronet apple, for example, in a pot on, on the patio and there's 30 or 40 fruit apples on it. Mm. I know for sure next year there'll be no fruit on it. Because, because it it has fruited too heavily this year. I've allowed it to fruit too heavily. I haven't taken some of the fruitlets off. And when you get a, an apple tree that bears a heavy amount of fruit in one year, it puts all your, its energy into producing vegetative growth the following summer. So apples, if you don't thin out the fruit, will skip a year. They take a rest. They take a rest. They take a rest. Okay. And they put all the energy into producing new growth and building the plant up again to come back into flower okay. the following you know, within two years sort of thing. So apples, if you don't, uh, you, so you, you often hear us talking about in July about thinning the fruit, taking off some of the fruit. Um, I was lazy this year. Well, I didn't no, do it. you were busy and you had other things to do. Other <laughs> but, priorities, but, uh, isn't that it? Well, I'm just amazed at the amount of fruit that this tree has produced. And I've actually had to prop up the stems yeah, because the well. stems are breaking with the weight of fruit on it. So the, the tree is only about three feet high, but there's, there's at least 40 apples on it and they're still developing. So I'm just interested. It's more out of interest. See what, really. what, how, to see what the volume is. Just to see will they all actually develop yeah. properly okay. by the end of October. Um, but I know instinctively that next summer, It'll be it'll, it'll be, be a lean a year. Crop. It'll be yeah. a lean year next year. Okay, yeah. right. Here is a really interesting question on a rhododendron mm, pork. Yes. It's uh, this is my rhododendron and it's in a pot, right? Mm. So we can see it, and it's a bit. It's well, it's pretty. Sleek. It's pretty shock looking. Yeah. I bought it as a mature plant in early summer, says Chris. Uh, planted it in the ground with plenty of ericaceous compost. Fed it with ericaceous feed. Saw the leaves were drooping and fading. I dug it up and I planted it back in the pot in la, uh, last month. Or so I've given it potash and iron. <laughs> what can I do to save the plant? So it's been in the pot, it's been in the ground, and now it's back in the pot. Oh my god! Well, Chris has done everything really to to um, to to keep this plant going. I mean, I have to commend him. Um, certainly, the plant is is suffering really badly. A lot of the leaves have gone brown. You can see the leaves have drooped severely, and they're. The, I know by looking at them, mm. that plant is is it's on its way out. 
Okay, it's it's there's very very little uh, healthy green shoots in the, in the centre of the plant. Um, so I mean, okay, what so what has happened? Well, definitely the amount of feeding was is certainly um, there's quite a lot of feeding giving to this plant, and and sometimes we can actually overfeed Over- plants, and fertilizer can be caustic and damage the plants. Um, so to be honest, Chris, I would just leave this plant alone now for the winter. See how it comes back. I think you're going to find that a lot of the branches are going to go brown as they go brown just prune them off and tidy them up some of the wood is healthy in the centre it, it's in a pot now quite a large pot it's in ericaceous compost as Chris says so there's nothing else to be done with the plant leave it out of doors for the winter period let the rain at it see what happens next spring in terms of it coming back into new growth and rhododendrons are one of these plants that can respond to very heavy pruning and trimming back and they just rejuvenate from the base again um, you'll often see rhododendrons cut back to nothing along the road verges and they just respond to that pruning by kicking back into growth again. So my advice really Chris is to leave it well enough alone, don't do anything with the plant, um, leave it out of doors for the winter, let's see next April and May how it kicks back into growth again which it should do, which right. it do do even though a lo- probably up to 50% of the branches are, are, are going, going to wither further yeah. and going to die off Yeah, but there's still healthy growth right in the centre so really my advice is to leave leave it alone now and just let nature take its course okay. and see what happens next spring. They're, pre- they're pretty robust the yeah. rhododendrons. Okay. Uh, quick time check uh, coming up on 29 minutes now away from 10 o'clock. Midwest Radio Time Check with the Span Health Club Brafey at Brafey House Resort where it's time to relax at the Span Health Club Brafey. For more information visit braveyhouseresort.com Now Warwick uh, just after half nine so uh, I know you met somebody a little bit earlier with a potato I did. question. I doorstep this morning on the way into the studio and it was particularly early this morning so somebody was waiting outside um, and they had a um, potatoes that had severe slug damage on them and I think it was actually for a neighbour they were asking my advice on them so they asked me to mention it on radio um, so so basically there were main crop potatoes they looked like rooster uh, or fox on one of the, the red skin varieties and there was severe damage in terms of there's a black slug that attacks potatoes very distinctive uh, slug and tends to attack main crop potatoes in particular particularly softer varieties like roosters kerpinks um, any of the softer varieties are susceptible Slugs generally attack potatoes from August through till October. So they tend to attack main crop varieties in particular. And the longer you leave them in the soil, the more vulnerable they are to potato attack, particularly at this time of year, mid-September or late September, right through to the end of October is the main time Mm. that most damage is done. To prevent it happening, so it's a natural occurrence. I mean, the the slugs are just in the soil, particularly if your soil is heavy or it's a heavy-natured soil or moisture-retentive soil, you tend to get quite a bit of slug damage. And the slugs are very distinctive in that they make a pinhole in the outside section of the potato and and bury their way into the centre. So they do quite a bit of damage. The potatoes are are useless once once they're attacked. Um, So a couple of things you can do. First of all, plant early varieties. So the likes of Duke of York or Sharps Express, you're digging them out of the soil at the end of July or during July. So the slug damage is minimal, if if any at all. Um, So early varieties certainly escape the damage from um, slug attack. You can also grow um, slug resistant varieties. So the varieties like the Sapro, Sapro Miro, um, Golden Wonders, Desiri, they're all slug resistant um, and the slugs find it tough to get through the outer skin of all of those varieties. So those, those can be tried as well. And you can also use the Nema slug. 
So Nema Slug is a nematode that's available in April, early May. You normally put it on potatoes around the end of May or, you know, June sort of period. Um, and that protects the potatoes against the slugs as well. So okay. really my advice is grow some early varieties next year. Maybe grow some main crop resistant varieties like the Sapromira, the Golden Wonders and Desiree would be three really good ones. And use the Nema Slugs next summer. Um, as a preventative measure and that'll help that'll to help control us. them because yeah, it's so disappointing to, to, to grow the crop for so long feed it look after it spray it and mm. then the slugs to do the, the damage, the damage yeah. yeah that's a killer for sure and you think everything is going to be okay and then you yeah. realise it's not yeah and it's, you'll only see the damage once you start to harvest mm. and lift, lift the um, tubers but generally on heavy heavy soils slugs the black slug will be a problem now my Arthur Bell is bad this year black okay. spots and brown stems do I need to prune back and spray with rose clear yeah well look the Arthur Bell is a lovely it's a lovely yellow flowering rose with a beautiful scent and when it's in bud the buds are actually nearly red and then it opens to this lovely deep butter mm. yellow and then to a lighter yellow. And there's a lovely scent of Arthur Bell's. It's a really lovely rose. Um, my advice really is, you know, it's it's prune it back now once we get into the end of October, November. Um, prune it quite hard back to back within six inches of ground level. Again, you could put the winter wash, like I mentioned, for the apple trees once you've pruned your, your roses. And then leave well enough alone until the springtime. Feed in spring with the rose feed and then use the rose clear once a month rose rescue okay. and that'll keep it clean okay. Arthur Bell is a variety that tends to get a little bit of black spot Does anyway it? yeah. it's not as resistant as other varieties but it's a beautiful rose at the same time okay. so it's well worth growing well, now uh, let's uh, mm. have a look uh, a hedging question poor Laurel Hedge I've it clipped back uh, in early July some new growth on it now can I leave it for the winter or do I and do I need to feed it now for the winter I gave it a good feed when I clipped it in July yeah, so no feeding necessary. We're not we're not feeding really plants at this time of year, particularly laurel. So the listener has done exactly the right thing. Um, by trimming it in July, you like I said with the ivies and so on, you get that little bit of growth before the winter and that helps to protect the plant for the winter. So no feeding required, just leave, leave it alone. You've done everything right. Brilliant. No need to trim it now till next, till next, ne- next year. Next year. Yeah. Uh, angels' wings in uh-huh. pots outside. Can I leave them outside? Well, you can answer this one, can't you? Well, you, you have some <laughs> well I have an angel's wing and it is in a pot. Yeah. Uh, and I did leave it outside last year and it was grand. Uh, it didn't get a whole lot of care. Um, I didn't prune it back now and it should have that should have happened because I can see it's a bit on the leggy side now yeah. um, but so m- mine was very close to the wall of the house and it probably had a good bit of shelter um, yeah, but it's it's frost hardy anyway right the the best example actually of so this is a plant called Senecio Angel's Wings mm. and it gets the name because it produces these really really large leaves like, in, like, a, like a wing and they're silver and they're, they're lovely silver. and they're I, yeah. velvet to touch yeah, it's a lovely just gorgeous I love it but the best the best um, the best plant I have seen growing is actually in a church outside Castle Bar. It's the Jehovah Witness Church on the Newport Road. Mm-hmm. And I was out for a walk a couple of months back and I could see it 50 metres away. Really? On the, and it must have been two metres in diameter, probably about 12 or 18 inches in height. Absolutely gorgeous and doing really, really And planted well. in the ground? Planted in the ground. Absolutely, okay. and it's probably there for a couple of years because it's of the size of the plant. So I had one planted in the ground as well, mm. but I think it succumbed to maybe a bit of waterlogging. Well, that's because that and that one died on me. Yes. So the pot ones survived, and they, they won't tolerate. And most silver foliage plants, anything in the Senecio family or silver leaf plants in general, like lavender, dislike 
wetness. That right. the, the wet, the dampness is actually the killer, not the frost. So you need free draining soil for them. Add a lot of gra- gravel and grit and, and so on into the soil. They're brilliant in pots and containers. My advice is just to leave them alone now. Mm. Leave the silver colour on them. They will get a little bit tatty over the winter. That's totally natural with the hailstones mm. and the frost and la-da-da-da-da. But the plant isn't going to die. Come February, early March, as they're kicking back into growth, that's the time to prune them. And if you prune them then, feed them, within a month you've got the beautiful silver colour. Again, you rejuvenate the plant, you get a lovely splash of colour. Again, you leave them for the entire summer and winter and the following spring you do the same thing again. So it's just that matter of rejuvenating the plant. And silver leaf plants in general, a bit like lavender. If you never prune lavender, it gets woody, it gets unsightly, it gets a bit gnarly looking. Mm. Same with olive trees, same with anything in in the silver leaf family. The little bit of pruning, like eucalyptus, a little bit of pruning in the in spring, spring rejuvenates the entire plant. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Must, I must try and remember that. Yeah. But anyway, so okay I'll to leave outside in the pot, uh, a caller? Yeah, leave it in the pot, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, um, no, sorry, um, we just got down Maybe here. Maybe plant a few, you know, you can always stick in a few cyclamen for a bit of winter, winter colour if you yeah. want, or a few spring bulbs, or there's no, no problem at all mixing a couple of plants in with the the angel wings as well. So yeah, I think yeah. I planted mine initially with the um, is it the Elysium, the little white ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they're that, going to die off. They, for the they died, yeah. yeah. No, that yeah. was last year. This yeah. Different, different story this year. Yeah. Now, would you tell me what uh, to put onto into window boxes at this time of year that would be easy to maintain? Okay, well, there's a whole range of plants. I mean, look at pop into your local garden centre. There's some beautiful autumn plants at the moment. Things like the the, the lovely pepper plants at the moment, which have fabulous autumn colour. I brought a few in studio a couple yes. of weeks back, and they're lovely at the moment. Cyclamen are given fantastic colour at the the moment as well. You've got the little primulas and polyanthus they're available now for colour. Winter pansies, winter violas, winter heathers, heliborus, all the spring bulbs are available to plant now. For Again, you can put them into pots and containers underneath all the other plants and they will pop up in the springtime. So there's a whole range of lovely, very nice plants that will continue to flower through Christmas and into spring of next year. Uh, When do we cut back ornamental grasses? Well, the, the grasses are looking really well at the moment. I mean, if you look at pampas grass, it's absolutely beautiful. It's only coming into its best. Um, same with miscanthus. I have a lovely miscanthus red chief, which is given lovely colour at the moment. So I won't touch those until February, March of next year. And the same with the pampas grass. You often It often looks fantastic over okay. Christmas and into the spring. So once we go into February, early March, that time of year, mm. that's the time to trim them back. Okay, great. Uh, so we've done the window boxes and uh, tomato plants, pork. Here's one. Um, I have, I'm wondering, do I plant tomato plants every year? In other words, do the plants only last one year? And does the same apply to strawberries? Mm. Well, strawberries you will get generally between three and five years from your strawberry plants. After that, they get a little bit spent. But the great thing with strawberry plants is that they produce their own runners. So you can take little runners off the plant um, every couple of years and, and start off the next generation and get rid of the old mother plants. So generally, three to five years for strawberry plants um, and, and try to propagate kind of fresh plants every couple of years in terms of tomatoes they're better sown from seed every year and um, you could try to um, overwinter mm-hmm. the, the adult plants but they they won't be as productive as the young young um, tomatoes um, and, and like I said last week you can actually save the seed if you have a particular variety that you like and um, you can take the fruit off that plant at the moment put it through a sieve keep the seeds and sow those in February of next year and it'll come true to type. Uh, but look, they're easier to sow from seed every year and they're far more productive. Somebody wondering why their tomatoes might be going rotten. 
Well, tomatoes will go rotten. They can often get botrytis. They can often get damaged. Um, you know, my, my advice is to pick them as early as possible. And even if you pick them when they're just go- turning to red, mm-hmm. they, they will ripen indoors anyway. Or green tomatoes can often be used in chutneys and, and for cooking purposes as well. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to take them off the plant. Even if you put them close to bananas, they'll actually ripen that a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, but, uh, but they will get botrytis and other diseases as well. So any rotting fruit, just discard those. Now, Mary's got a, a, a an olive tree in a pot Honestly. looking for a bit of advice on it. She's wondering, do I need to bring it into the garage in the winter or can I leave it outside covered with fleece? Yeah, you can. It depends on the winter. I mean, normally they go through a normal winter um, fine, um, even, you know, in the west of Ireland with the, with the temperatures we have. So I would kind of put it into a sheltered spot. Um, you know, it's kind of protected from the wind, protected maybe from from the frost. You know, it's so up against a wall, mm. uh, possibly south facing, where it's getting the sun, but it's it's protected and sheltered. And unless we get a very very cold winter, you know, down to kind of minus five, minus six, there's no need to put garden fleece on them. They'll be perfectly fine. They'll take the you know they'll take up to kind of minus three, minus four without any problem. Um, so really just find a nice kind of sheltered sunny spot for them out of doors don't put them into the garage don't put them into your greenhouse just a nice little cocooned area and if if the temperature get really really cold we get some heavy snow then certainly cover them with a bit of garden fleece Please. and let them dry out a little bit yeah. so don't keep them too wet so allow them to dry out a little bit what we're, like we're saying with the Senecio angel wings or any silver leaf plant That's let them slightly dry that's no harm at all uh, also wondering mm. about the best time to move mature acers from pots and put them in the ground. Uh, well, if they're in pots, there's no absolutely no problem moving them now, if you wish, if you're ready to go, because the soil conditions are ideal for planting. Leaving it too long, you might be into wet, miserable conditions. So, to be honest, plants that are in pots will move and transplant, even though they're in still in leaf. They'll transplant no problem whatsoever, and particularly maples. Just make sure you put them back down at the same level into the soil. So do that this week end if you can. Okay, great. And even if those um, plants have been in the pots for a number of years? All the better. All the better. Great. All the better because okay. the root ball will come out in a nice clean root ball. You know, you'll just literally clean it, lift it out, replant it into the soil, put it down a little bit of compost, a bit of uh, fertiliser, whatever. If you're moving maples or any other plants that are in the garden soil, leave those until November. So wait for the leaves to go completely off them with from the to go dormant. They can be safely dug up and acers do transplant quite easily as well, Japanese maples and so on. And you can move them to other areas, your gardens. But they're in their pots. There's absolutely no problem whatsoever. OK, butterfly bush over oh, yeah. on the uh, other side there, Porrick. This is one now we'll be planting next next Saturday in Kilshamon. Oh, in Kilshamon. This is on the and list, is, yeah. and, this is, and this is an example perhaps yeah. of why, because it can grow to a reasonably good size. If you let this it. one has yeah. grown massively. <laughs> uh, do I cut it back much yes. and when should I do that? So the plant is, we're, we're looking at here on screen and it must be, ah, it must be nearly 10 feet tall mm. and buddleys will grow this height if you leave them untrimmed, particularly more vigorous varieties. Um, beautiful plant. It gets its name, of course, because the butterflies absolutely love it. In August and September it's covered in, bu- in butterflies. Now Now's the time to cut them back. So again, you can reduce this plant back to three feet. So really prune it back hard. Um, It's a great time of year to take cuttings from us as well. So whilst you're cutting it back, take some cuttings and propagate it on the root really, really easy. Okay, great. My nasturtiums are covered by a caterpillar. What can I do? 
Well, you have an option just to leave them alone. Leave. I mean, to be honest, look, we're getting towards the end of, of the year and the nasturtiums are going to be dying off anyway yeah. in about four weeks' time. So why don't you just leave nature, uh, take its course? I often advise people, you'll often hear me recommending to plant nasturtiums if you've got a vegetable garden. Plant the nasturtiums at the other side of the vegetable garden because it attracts the white butterfly. Uh, to the nasturtiums, the preferred nasturtiums to your cabbage and it's a great way of deflecting the white butterfly to something else and you allow them to just munch away on the nasturtiums. So to be honest I wouldn't bother doing anything with them, just, just leave them alone, leave don't them go alone. spraying them, no, no, no. Maureen's wondering can we uh, take cuttings from Red Robin for replanting? Yeah, Red Robin, uh, Fortini Red Robin roots from cuttings. Now they're a little bit more tricky than other plants but again what you're looking for is roughly four to six inch shoots of this year's wood, so nice fresh wood, strip off the leaves leaving one small leaf at the very top. If it's a large leaf cut it in half, dip it into the rooting gel, put it into a mixture of perlite and compost 50-50 mix, maybe a dozen cuttings, cover it up all in bags, sit it on your windowsill indoors and they should root within about an 8-10 to 10 week period. Great. Yeah, so well worth trying. And this is a good time of year for taking cuttings in general. Somebody's wondering what do they do with their geraniums? Can they cut them back and take them in or cover them for the winter? Okay, so it depends on, you've two different types of geranium. You've got the hardy geraniums that can be left outside 12 months of the year. Varieties like Roseanne which is that beauty. It's still in flower. Still, I was admiring it actually only this morning. It's mm. still in bloom since, and it's flowering since May. Um, so they're the hardy outdoor geraniums, ground covering geraniums. So with those you just let them die back at the end of the year and tidy them up. If they're the bedding plant type of pelargoniums or the bedding type geraniums that we put in our hanging baths and window boxes, again this is the time of year to take cuttings from them. A little tip, again take them four to six inches long, strip off the leaves and flowers let them dry out overnight, that's important, so don't insert them into the rooting gel and uh, compost straight away, give them at least 24 hours to dry out a little, then insert them into the compost and they'll root again within a six or eight week period, so I would take the cuttings of them now, rather than trying to mother the plants and, and mine them over the winter period unless you've got a greenhouse. Okay. A uh, bit of plant identification here, Porrick, and uh, it's a kind of a, a difficult photograph, um, so I'm not entirely sure we're going to be able to make it out. It's a yellow um, yeah, it looks plant like with a brown in the middle. Bees love it. Yeah, it's a, it looks to me like tick seed or coreopsis, which is a single flowering. You know, they come in different varieties, um, but, but tick seed are the the bees absolutely is it love kind it. of a wildflower as well? Uh, no, well no? it's 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 no you you can buy it as a as, as a plant for the garden coreopsis is a perennial plant that comes back year after year very very easy to grow they come in double forms which aren't so good for the bees mm-hmm. this is a single flowering form um tick seed and uh, flowers the whole summer they're still in flower at the moment and they'll go on for at least another month yeah. lovely little plant they, they do they do look lovely I'm not sure uh, seeds from lilies what do we do with them at this time of the year well all all the seeds if you look at your calla lilies you know the old uh, arum lily they're all producing their seed at the moment and they propagate very successfully from seed so the seed needs to go kind of a brownish colour before it's ripe so keep an eye on it it goes from the white flower to it kind of a green seed head and then it eventually grows to a brownish colour um, you can take once they're gone brown you can take the seed generally you sow the seed indoors in January and February in seed trays they germinate within about a four or six week period and then they can be planted out of doors in the garden they're fully hardy and easy to grow so it's a great great time of year to start collecting the seed particularly from lilies from the arm lilies 
could we recommend could well could you sorry Porek recommend some plants for a grave over the winter please with a little bit of colour asks Martin well something that would be hardy Martin would be all the autumn and winter flowering heathers do do really well they're, they're tough as old boots and, um, and many of the winter flowering heathers will grow in ordinary garden soil they don't need ericaceous compost they're, they're actually uh, lime tolerant um, so they're Erica Carney or any of those varieties and they come in reds and whites and there's a lovely um, one called Fox Hollow which has got golden foliage which is really nice Cyclamen would work re- really, really well as well uh, Winter Pansies Winter Violas will, will all be quite good as well so pop into your local gardens and there's some really good winter colour there at the moment Okay, great um, Somebody wondering any suggestions for a type of hedging uh, that would so where trees have been cut down it's an open garden and it's south facing well, it really depends on the size of the hedge the listener wants. I mean, if it if they're looking for something that would grow, you know, say up to six feet, beech would be quite nice, copper or, or green beech. I think it, it looks really well. Mm-hmm. Portuguese laurel would work really well. Escalone, if you want something with nice flower. Yeah, sure. If it's an exposed garden, maybe something like Grislinia or Iliagnus. Again, pop, pop into your local garden centre. This is a really good time for planting hedging in general. September, late September, October is a wonderful time. Okay, got just wondering if you'd have any ideas how you get rid of bindweed from a hawthorn hedge. Well, with great difficulty, um, Garage, because the bindweed, as you know, wraps itself up through the, the hawthorn. I mean, look, the and cutting it back is only a temporary solution because it'll regrow again. You can use some of the gels, the, the weed killer gels, but it means painstakingly painting the gel onto the leaves of the bindweed. And this is actually a good time to do it because bindweed is beginning to die back and it will take that weed treatment back into the root system um, and kill it off that way. So it's a matter of persisting with it, really. Now, Ger is wondering, do I need to change the soil from pots of tulips I planted last year? Yeah, it would be better. It would be better to change the, the soil. And in general, when you're redoing window box or patio tubs or whatever, it depends, of course, on the size of the container. If it's a really, really large tub, then the, you only need to to change the top 8 to 10 inches of compost and leave the old compost underneath um, that that would be perfectly fine but if it's a shallow pot it's better to change I mean when you tip the bulbs out the, the plants will nearly tell you by the amount of root structure that's in the compost but I would advocate changing it definitely and once you put the tulips in plant them deeply into the pot and then plant something else on top of the pot like the winter pansies or winter violas or cyclamen or primulas and polyanthus something like that for a bit of colour through the winter you won't see the tulips until April of yeah. next year so, so you, you need something it'll there be, it'll be a bit between now looking, and then yeah, yeah. Yeah. or Heliboris or even the angel's wings that you talked about mm. you know something like that to give a nice bit of foliage colour now I have a lovely crop of Brussels sprouts Great. and the sprouts are about the size of a blueberry would they need further attention asks Joe. Well, all the need is a bit of time, Joe. Um, <laughs> so it's great to see it. I mean, Brussels sprouts, as you know, it's it's yeah. our it's our Christmas dinner, it isn't is, it? And yeah. Brussels sprouts tend to form their their um, their little um, sprouts. R- sprouts, exactly, <laughs> um, over October and November period. So, Joe, just leave leave no need to feed them. Just leave them alone. They'll actually start to produce them. Once the older leaves start to grow a bit yellow at the base, you can start taking those off. So the older leaves will go a yellowish colour. And when you see that, just tidy them up. That'll let more air and light into the developing sprouts. But apart from that, there's nothing need, needed. Now, Mary has set a new lawn about six weeks ago and there's a weed growing all over it. She's just wondering what it might be. 
and what can she do well, with it? Well, it could be a number of different things, yeah. Mary. And, and generally when you're sowing your lawns, you're always going to get the germination of weed seeds as well. That's totally natural. Get out the lawn more. Mary and mow it once a week in dry weather and the physical mowing will actually eliminate an awful lot of the weeds if there are any weeds present next spring you can certainly then put a treatment on to control the weeds that won't affect the lawn but regular mowing you'll find the best method and you know once a month or once a week I should say every five to six days get the lawn mower out now and keep it neat and tidy even though you're only cutting a minimal amount that tillers the grass it gets it to fill out and fill in any of the bare patches and it helps to eliminate the weeds as well but do it on a dry Day. Okay, uh, one or two more before we finish up. Can, we, can you grow lettuce and scallions in a window box now for the winter? Well, of, course, of course you can. I mean, I was telling you the story about Luke growing, my, my young right. growing the, the, the broccoli, the broccoli. And, and it worked brilliantly. Uh, so you can, of course, it, it, fill up your a window box with um, with with compost. If you pop into your local garden centre, you're going to get winter lettuce winter ge- little gem which is a lovely variety and some of the webs wonderful which is the kind of crunchy lettuce and will they be in plants, plant form oh yeah plants yeah, yeah ready to go um, so th- they're there and you'll also get all the Japanese onion sets there's a, v- a very good variety called Shakespeare uh, which is a, a lovely onion set if you plant it now you can pick the greens between now and Christmas and then you can let it grow onto full size onions between now and next summer and they'll grow perfectly fine in a window box perfectly happy okay great stuff and we might just squeeze in one more. Sorry, those photographs are a little slow loading up. It'll print. Um, so, see what's out in my garden. Daffodils are also peeping up. They're about 20 years yeah, old. Yeah, so these are these are the little primroses just be coming back into flower. And you, you'll often find that at this time of year that rhododendrons and spring flowering plants often can put on some flowers that we'd normally associate with springtime, but they flower in the autumn because the, the, the temperatures and the conditions and light levels are very similar to spring. If you think the weather conditions today are very similar to what we get in March and April. So you often get plants triggered into flowering at this time of year. So remember, next yep. Saturday, I'm looking for a few volunteers in Kilchimog down at the signal box from half 10 to about 11 uh, or half 11, maybe 12 o'clock. We're going to be planting 450 shrubs, uh, all with a biodiversity theme. And I will talk to people about how to prune their plants. And if people have questions, I'm going to be there for the morning anyway. So make use of me while, while so I'm there. So two small Latin hebras, yeah. that is but a good start. But do come with your, with your we'll spade things and your old shoes and uh, we'll have a bit of fun. Brilliant, Porik. Listen, thank you so much for all of that. And indeed thanks to uh, everyone for all their questions uh, over the last hour or so stand by country classics coming your way after the news We're until uh, next Saturday for me a very good morning to you